0: Some of our favorite topics in the baseball world are who's the next player on the rise, who is the next sleeper, who is the next best young prospect. Well now is the time to invest in these players and you can do that with baseball cards. Head over to our guys at JagSportsBreaks.com to enter their weekly card breaks. That's J-A-G-G sportsbreaks.com. They offer pick your team style case breaks featuring the newest Topps, Bowman, Leaf and Panini baseball releases. Pick your team and receive all the cards that you pulled for your team. The signed cards, the rookie cards, the memorabilia cards, and the low number cards. And you get them all now. They do it live on YouTube, and after the show, they ship them to you. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Jagbreaks. And remember, every single card is shipped to you. And tell them the guys at Exit Velocity sent you over. Welcome to the Exit Velocity Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Brent. This evening, Zach is with me. How are we doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. How's
0: everything with you? Excellent. Right now, I just got some fighting, wrestling bat in the on the TV in the background, and that's about all we got for sports besides that TB, TBD or TBT tournament for basketball, which is kind of interesting. Winner takes all million dollars.
1: Don't even know what that is. So that sounds awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they got it rolling on ESPN now. But this evening, we have Michael Simeone, aka SP Streamer, host of the SP Streamer podcast, co host of Beer, Bourbon, and Baseball, which live streams on Twitter and is a great show and one of the
2: best pitching analysts out there. How are we doing? I'm doing good, man. I don't know if I would say I'm one of the best pitching analysts, but uh <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that.
0: All I know is Jordan, the other host on this show from time to time, he used to use all he used to use your streamers against me in fantasy baseball, and it ate me up alive. So <laughs> It's good to hear. <laughs> Yeah. So the first question, I mean, a lot of everyone knows you in the industry. You've been in it a while. How did you get started in the fantasy industry and where do you want the SP streamer brand to go?
2: Um, yeah, so, I mean, I started just, uh, I, you know, I've kind of, I've told a story before. It's just, uh, I had a friend who has a fancy hockey account and he was pretty successful and I figured, Hey, like, why not? Let me give a shot for baseball. And, um, you know, I kind of educated myself on a couple, uh, in the past few years and, you know, with streaming, I felt like no one really had a account dedicated to that. So I was like, oh, let me just start it. So I just kind of started there and just kind of built up on it. And, um, I think I got like a little better at analyzing things too, as time went on. So, um, that's pretty much how I got started. It wasn't, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, as far as where I want to go, I don't even know. I, I got asked this last night actually. And, I just uh, I want to build, I guess, a brand that um, is super personable and, uh, you know, is really, you know, uh, engaging with its audience and just, you know, hopefully help people out with fantasy baseball. Yeah, I know on Twitter, you answer pretty much any person's
0: question, even if you don't know them. And that's honestly pretty rare in the industry. I mean, you get to these bigger accounts like Yahoo, ESPN, CBS. They, they throw a question out there and people answer it and they don't respond to any of the replies. So it's so unpersonable. But if you put a question out there and people respond, you're responding on asking them why or they ask you why and you give them a reason. So that I, that's good to see.
2: Yeah, I mean, I try and answer everybody. I pretty much do. I mean, sometimes you get, you know, people where you can't because They keep asking you question after question after question, like you don't have really the time. But um, yeah, and I I mean, you know, I I'm someone who I believe that's kind of how you build your yourself up in this industry. And I will I could have half a million followers and I will never, you know, make my inbox private um, no matter how crazy it gets, because I feel like that's just how you connect with your fans. Yeah, it's amazing how interactive you are with all your fans um,
1: and supporters out there. But now you started this account last year for the last baseball season,
2: right? 2019? Yeah, um, I started January of 2019. Yes. Or, crazy. If, or December 2018, something like that. Yeah, it's crazy
1: the following that you've built. I mean, over 5,000 followers in a year. I mean, it's pretty impressive what you've been able to accomplish so far.
2: Thanks, man. Um, You know what it is? I just think if you do something that – if you provide content every day, um, especially in season, I think that goes a long way. I mean, for instance, I know personally – I mean, PitcherList is huge now, but um, Mm -hmm. like I started following PitcherList at first because – well, first of all, someone suggested them on Reddit one day I saw, but – Because every day Pollock puts out, you know, a pitcher recap and then someone else puts out like a hitter recap. And it's like the best thing to just go to every day and see what they think every day. So I think something that just brings people back to you every day is extremely valuable.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that as well. I mean, you took time to put a 70 page draft kit with, I mean, the descriptions of each player. It's kind of unbelievable. But the one flashing glare in my eyes, Zach already, knew, already knows, <laughs> is Jack Flaherty at nine. You dro- It looks like you dropped him three spots as well.
1: That's not oh, what I was what? expecting you to say, by the way. <laughs> I thought you were going to highlight the price of $1. But yeah, uh, Jack Flaherty, Simeone does not like Jack Flaherty all that much.
2: It's not that I don't like him, I just think people are overvaluing him. <laughs> Guys like Brent? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he's, you know, that second half was absurd and and no one expects that, of course. Um, do I think he could be top five? Absolutely. But I'm not going to put someone that high based on half of a season. Um, especially when one of his pitches was better than it ever was. Um, I'm not saying that he can't, it can't, you know, his fastball can't be that good. Of course it can be. And I could be completely wrong, which is fine. I'm just not willing to spend you know that high a price on it or rank someone that high um on something like that
1: and i agree with you on that and i i've said this in a previous episode but it reminds me of 2018 zach wheeler when he had that elite second half went toe-to-toe with Degrom, and then 2019 first half last year he kind of just kind of faded and he wasn't really the uh the 2018 second half pitcher that we saw so i agree i definitely think he could uh Be a top five pitcher, but uh, I think we need to see a little bit more from him before. Yeah, I'm sorry, Brent, but
0: (laughs) but here's the comparison I've made with Flaherty. Is I know you're a Mets fan too, Mike. With Zach, there's so many Mets fans out there, which I find astonishing. They're everywhere. (laughs) It's crazy. But I think he is going to be from 2020 to 2025. He's going to be Jacob Degrom Uh... of the MLB. I think he's going to be
2: that good. (laughs) I mean, again, like I said, you can you very well could be right. It's just a matter of me seeing a short, you know, a short sample size of that, you know, of him being an elite pitcher where I just don't want to bet on it yet. But I if you told me this year, like, watch if he goes crazy and puts like, a, you know, a sub three year up, I wouldn't be surprised. I just, you know, then then he would just cement himself as an elite pitcher and he'd be in, you know, top-tier pitchers for next year. Um, but I just want him to prove it first. I Such, a take, Such a hot take, Brent. Such a hot take.
0: But, yeah, this draft kit, though, is one of the more incredible pitching pieces of content on the market. And like Zach said, I mean, it's only a dollar and you get this. And you put, I mean, the time that you put into this has to be incredible. How long did this take you to come up with?
2: So, um, I actually originally released the draft kit in uh, January and February, and it was about the same length. Uh, It was a little different. It was only all pitching, and I sold it for $3. Um, But then when everything happened, I thought, you know, everyone who bought my kit, I was like, I can't, you know, just leave them in the dust. I need to make something, some kind of updated draft kit for them. And it was supposed to be condensed, but I ended up making it kind of the same size, Um, but it wasn't too bad because I brought everything over from the last one and I just changed some things up. Obviously I changed some, some of the blurbs because you gotta, you know, it's a different type of season and the rankings and stuff. Um, but I mean, overall, I mean, I mean, if I had to put a number on it, I don't know, five to 10 hours overall, I guess I would say. So you type fast. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess i don't know um yeah i mean you know what it is is i look at stuff so much every day and tweet stuff every day and write articles every day where so much of it's just on the top of my head too at this point because think about it we've all been staring at this stuff for how long now you know i mean with the delayed season we've been staring at this this stuff for uh, you know half a year (laughs) so (laughs) it's just like it's just so drilled into our brains at this point Definitely for for all the listeners out there, if you haven't gotten this draft kit,
1: definitely um, go to uh, Mike's page, SB Streamers' Twitter page, and you can find all the details there. But it's definitely worth the investment of one whole dollar. Um, But. (laughs) Let's let's dive into to this sixty game season here. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on a few things. Um, first of all, do you think we're we're going to play? Um, what's your thought on everything going on with the state of the game right now? And I want that to lead into this question here. Obviously, what you do is you you're the streaming guy. Um, it feels like a successful stream in uh, last season twenty nineteen. Almost was uh, like a quality start. Six innings, uh, three earned runs maybe six or seven strikeouts. I'm curious what you're going to determine as a successful stream in a shortened season when there's so many unknowns and pitchers not going deep into games. I'm curious how you're going to go through that process this year.
2: Yeah. So I'm actually going to be kind of, uh, um, hard on myself for this one. I, so last year the way I did it was one, a pitcher had to reach five innings. Uh if not, I mean it'd have to be an extreme circumstance. Um, like if a pitcher got hurt, I didn't count it as a loss, but I didn't count it as a win as well. But um so they had to reach at least five innings and you know, a decent amount of strikeouts. Um obviously, I mean, if it's five innings, I think it was like I wanted them to be a two earned runs. If it was three, they had to have a lot of Ks. It's so hard to gauge. Um, everyone has different opinions, so I kind of just went with my gut, and if I wasn't sure, I'd put a poll out, and that's how I decided. Um, for this short season, I mean, as far as will it go off, I am assuming so. Whether it is cut short or not, I do not know. Um, I think it would take a lot of players to get COVID for it to really – for the MLB to really take action. Uh, a lot of players have it. I mean, we've heard of a bunch of players have it now, but apparently it's still really just a small percent of the league. It's like so less than they obvi- percent right now. Yeah, like, and they they obviously don't really care because they're moving forward. It's I think it's got to be a pretty big number for them to really think about trying it down. I don't know if we'll reach that point. So I, I'm i a little more positive that this is actually going to happen, which is great. Um, but back to stream for this year, I'm still going to pull myself to the same standards. I mean, I could say it make it 4 innings and 2 runs and it counts, but you know, I've taken notes on what every rotation's plans are and I mean, while some are limiting it, yeah, but there's also at least half if not most of the league is saying full go. So you know, I'm just gonna have to be really smart about who I pick and making sure that I'm picking team you know, pitchers on teams that are basically just gonna let their guys fly. Um so yeah, I'm just I'm gonna keep it the same. I mean, you know, if my record sucks, it sucks. It's a crappy, weird year. I, I expect it to be I expect league year to be no nothing like it was last year. Um, yeah. it's gonna be pretty erratic. So it'll be interesting. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes down, but uh <laughs> And at least at
1: the beginning of the season, I mean, you could be a little bit more lenient, I would say, maybe in like the first week or two, like when pitchers are starting to ramp things up a little bit, they might be going only like three or four innings. But are you going to like put out a a Twitter poll and see if people think that's um, a win or a loss for a stream? Or are you just going to kind of make the ultimate decision yourself?
2: So, you know, I thought about that. I I think I'm just going to, I mean, here's the thing. When it comes to win-loss record, like, as great as it is, because I feel like people like to see it, it's cool and all. But I honestly think especially this year, I'm more so focusing on my overall ERA for the year. Because, I mean, most people are playing Roto, especially this year. And Mm -hmm. all that matters is basically, like, the end results, essentially. Like, I mean, if if – say my win loss record isn't great, but my total ERA for the whole year ends up at like a three, five. Like I consider that a successful, successful season. So, um, you know, cause overall, if you get that out of streaming pitchers all year, no matter how far they're going into games, that's going to help you tremendously. So I think I'm just gonna, um, you know, again, I'm just going to do what I did last year and whatever happens, happens. And, uh, you know, I think, I'm only going to count as a win still if they reach five innings. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a ride. We're all it'll be interesting. For we're sure. all going to take that
1: ride with you. Yeah. <laughs> let's um let's get into this season. Um, some guys that you're big on. Um, Cy Young winners. Is there anybody that stands out to you as a a favorite in the NL and AL?
2: Uh, yeah. So when you guys asked me when I saw this on the uh, outline, I. Didn't want to go with obvious people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I didn't go with like two. I didn't go with like bold picks either. But um, I mean, one pitcher I I love this year is Luis Castillo. I think I'm a little more aggressive on him than everybody else. Uh, I just see a great four pitch mix. He creates a ton of weak contact. Um, I dove into him recently this past week and I really see him lowering those walks and based on his swing strike percentage, his K percentage should go up next year. So if I see more Ks, less walks, that means better, even better era than last year. You know, I think he could potentially have, you know, maybe the most he could, you know, kind of compete with Cole most maybe with, mm-hmm. you know, most strikeouts uh, on the year. So, I mean, I just love his stuff and I think, you know, he could potentially be a scion winner. He might have one of the best pitches in the game with that changeup change on, on MLB. The show, that pitch is lethal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure his two seems ridiculous, too. Um, he's got he's just everything about him is so good. He's just he's, the movement on his pitches are insane. Yeah. So OOTP on
0: baseball reference They've been doing the simulated season this year. And there's Ooh. a couple guys that I just want to throw out there that I found so interesting for pitchers. So currently, right now, we're what, if it was a normal season, we're like a week or two from the All Star break. But Andrew Heaney is second in the league in innings pitched with 135. He has a (laughs) 3.13 ERA and 150 strikeouts. Has Has
1: he been on the IL yet or no?
0: No, he has 12 wins, four losses. I mean, he's he's the number two starting pitcher in fantasy. But the guy below him is even funnier because I play a franchise league on MLB The Show, and he is the current Cy Young favorite. And it's Sean Mania. On the simulated season, he has 132 innings pitched, a three ERA, and 115 strikeouts. <laughs>
2: and are those two guys that you want in the shortened season or avoid them? I'm not a Mania guy. I don't think he's really that good. He... Has been good in short spurts. I don't like the way he throws. He's kind of sidearm. Um, not a mania fan. <laughs> uh, Heaney, you know what it is? It's his health. It's so funny. His stuff is actually really good, and it, but he just never puts it together. He always gets hurt or I don't know what it is with him. If he clicked, I could totally see something crazy happening with him. Mm-hmm. I just would put that at a low percentage chance, though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just thought those stats were so interesting. That a couple, is pretty nuts. <laughs> a couple other fun ones is Shed Long is currently a top 10 fantasy player with 24 hmm. home runs, 76 <laughs> RBIs, batting 280 with like 15 stolen bags. And the league leader with stolen bags is Malik Smith with 46. And they do not like Matthew Boyd. He has 11 losses. And his ERA is five plus. So, (laughs) so going to breakout starting pitchers, I know you've mentioned Kenta Maeda with the Minnesota (laughs) twins quite a bit. Who
2: is your breakout stud for this shortened season? That's what I put. (laughs) (laughs) That's who I was going to bring up. Um, I mean, you know, I don't want to put too much into schedules, but the twins have one of the easiest schedules. If, you know, teams are what we think they are. Um, His slider and changeup are ridiculous. Uh, He's, i I can't see him not taking a step forward. He is on literally every list you possibly can find um you know the underlying stature just too good i mean unless he ends up like a Nick Pavetta but uh, i i i just you know it, his his breaking stuff is just too good for him not to be a top pitcher and you know he doesn't have the dodgers holding him back anymore so. Yeah, I don't know if you follow Nash Walker on
0: Twitter, but he put like up like his velocity curve and all that. And it was all red. I mean, it it looked beautiful. So who are other a couple other guys that are some of your
2: favorite pitchers for this upcoming season? I mean, everyone knows I'm obsessed with Max Freed. That's just because, you know, he introduced the slider a little more at the end of the year. His curveball is great. Um, It's. You know, literally 12 to 6, and it's just beautiful to watch. Um, But yeah, he creates a lot of weak contact, too, uh, while, you know, providing some strikeouts. So I think he could be a breakout. And then another pitcher that I've been talking about constantly is Spencer Turnbull. And that's just because he has a deep arsenal. Um, He actually has a good breaking ball, a good uh, slider and curveball. And uh, some room to grow. And I just think it's good when you're a young pitcher and you have a deep arsenal like he does. He has like five decent pitches. So, you know, if one or two aren't working, he's got others to fall back on. So as long as the Tigers give him a chance, which I'm hoping they do, especially um, I think Daniel Norris is hurt now. So even if they call someone up, um, I think he can perform pretty well. I mean, I don't know if you remember, he started off really hot last year. He finished bad. But, um, you know, I see some good, solid underlying things with him. Are you still really down on Soroka? Yeah. So you know what it is? I think he's better when it comes to a shortened season, just because I feel like ratios become a little more important um, because you don't have as much time for them to normalize. And I feel like he's, you know, he's like a Kyle Hendricks. I just, I just, everyone is banking on him with, you know, growing and upping those strikeouts. But Again, that's someone that I want to see prove it a little more. Um, So I just think, I think where he's going, there's not a lot of room for profit. Mm -hmm. Like if he was going later in drafts, then I would, you know, I'd be all for it. Be like, yeah, take a chance. You never know if those K's come, but I think he's being taken almost at a ceiling right now.
1: His ADP definitely a little probably too high, a little bit higher than where he should be going. But I think overall he's still a productive pitcher. Yeah, I don't want to compare him to Kyle Hendricks, but <laughs> that's <laughs> the that's the type of pitcher that he is. And I think there's yeah. still a little bit room for some more upside with Soroka. But I know you've always been uh, team freed over team Soroka. So I was just curious if anything yeah. changed in doing some research. Yeah. Um, Curious to get your take on on relievers this year. I know uh, picking like Cy Youngs. My my Cy, Cy Young um, prediction is is Hater. I think this is going to be the year of the reliever with just so many unknowns with starting pitchers. I think uh, big time like bulk relievers like Hater, uh, maybe Drew Pomeranz, uh, Seth Lugo, guys like that are going to be mm-hmm. very valuable this year. Curious to get your take on uh, relievers in this sixty game season and anybody that you that you like.
2: I think they're definitely more valuable. I think for the first time ever, I'm going to make it a point to get an elite closer Mm -hmm. just because you don't have as much time to work the wires and you might as well grab someone that you know is in that spot. Um, So I think they're really important. And, you know, as opposed to, you know, if you aim for those tier three, tier four relievers, you can pretty much get screwed because if they start off slow, they're going to get pulled real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is like, I am someone who never drafts relievers early ever. Um, and this is going to be like the first year I do it because it just makes too much sense, um, to go after it. Uh, as a Mets fan, I'm really hoping Edwin Diaz rebounds. <laughs> I mean, he's got the great stuff. I know they're saying that they might be going committee now, which who the hell knows how true that is. But I mean, I feel like if he comes out firing, why, why would the Mets not put him in, you know, that ninth inning role, it wouldn't make any sense. Uh, so, and his stuff is just so good. I, you know, I, I can't see him not rebounding, but it is the Mets, and with our luck, he won't. And we'll we'll dish him somewhere else, and then he'll become amazing again. Um, so he's someone I, I tweeted about Robles today. Um, you know he oh, <laughs> Stop. He started using that uh, you know that that dirty uh, changeup um, more in the second half, and you know produced really good results. He was also uh, somewhat of you know I guess. A breakout uh, relief pitcher last year, and I just think he's being a little undervalued. Still, so. it's just funny when some relievers, just when
1: players leave the Mets, they just reach their ceiling. They just do so much better when they leave the
2: Mets. Uh it's brutal. prime example. Worst part Ruggles. about being a, Met? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worst part about being a Met fan. That or uh-huh. someone is amazing. We bring them in and they suck. AJ right. Ramos. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I was thinking of the worst one, Jason Bay. But... <laughs>
1: yeah. Jason Bay is usually the first one that Mets fans go to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But while we're talking about Mets here, um, oh. <laughs> I, I want to I talk about, we talked about this on our last episode. Um, we were all a part of a mock draft recently, the bases loaded mock. And you took a few bets. You took guys like uh, you took Seth Lugo in there and you took Patansis. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this construction of your team, because we were talking about it, and I actually really like your team. You went um, Mookie Betts, Bryce Harper, Marte with your first three picks, and then somehow you just, you got some amazing pitchers that fell to you. You got Blake Snell, you got Blake Snell in the fourth round, you got Sonny Gray, uh, Lance Lynn, Matthew Boyd, Kenta Maeda, all in rounds like, like six through ten area, but... I think you got tremendous value with some of those pitchers. Um, What are your, what are your thoughts on the team construction that you came up with? I'm curious to get your thoughts on that, that mock draft.
2: Yeah. So that was an interesting mock. I, I plan on going at least one pitcher really early, but I mean, certain players were falling to me and I was just like, how do I not take this value here? Um, It's so hard. I talk. I go back and forth constantly with how I approach drafts and, you know, I think, elite pitchers can be really valuable this year. But so like at times I'm like, okay, I'm going to definitely grab one. But then at times, you know, I hear, and it's so true. You really should, you know, work with your, your strengths. And I'm not, you know, as I, I don't really evaluate hitters, obviously clearly nearly as much as I do pitchers. So I feel like I know pitchers a lot better. So then I start thinking, maybe I'll just go a couple of bats at first and just rely on, you know, some pitchers who I think could take that next step, which is kind of what I did there. Um, I mean, as soon as Harper fell to me, I, I think I took him instantly. And I, you know, I just was like, let me just go a couple of bats and then I'll grab some high upside pitchers who I think could, you know, really make that next step, um, especially if they stay, stay healthy like a Blake Snell, because um, I really trust his stuff. It's just a matter of health. Um, so that's kind of what I did there. And I think that's kind of where I'm leaning towards when it comes to strategy is just, you know, banking on what I know, um, taking pictures a little later and just going with some elite hitters early on.
1: Yeah. Bryce Harper filled you in the second. I'm, I was the pick right after you. If you did not take Bryce Harper, I would have snatched him up right there. So it was a good yeah, pick. I, but...
2: I really like him this year. I mean, you know, he's going to give you the power. He gives, gets you some bags. Um, you know, I, I, I think that lineup's a lot better this year. And, uh, I mean, hey, I mean, I know I know it was years ago, but he, he, I'm sure he could go on a tear early on and maybe pull off another MVP season that he's done in the past. And I, I think he usually starts off pretty hot, too, if, if I'm right. Yeah.
0: Starts and finishes hot, and then during the middle of the season,
2: he just kind right. of disappears. Right. So, I mean, hey, maybe he just stays hot for this these two months, and, you know, you get one of the best players in the game.
0: Yeah, so one of my favorite questions that that on the layout that we sent you is a lot of people that don't follow you or don't know is how do you break down a streamer? Is it I know Jordan he loves the streaming pitchers. You got him into all that. Is it the two start week? Is it the matchups? Is it the ballparks? Or is it the lineup that they're facing? If it's a heavy lefty and they got a left-handed pitcher that's great against lefties, how do you break down a great streaming pitcher?
2: Um, this is a very loaded question. (laughs) Um, you got to look at all aspects. So, you know, first of all, I, when, when you start the year off, it's a little different. You try and find people who you think are valuable heading into the season. But as the season goes on, I mean, you know, you try and look for pitchers that are making some, you know, important changes, whether it's pitch mix, uh, velocity, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, if they're starting to roll, you want to, you want to get in on that before other people do. And they start to get, you know, the ownership starts to get too high and you can't even grab them or for my purposes, I can't pick them. Um, so that's like the main thing I do. I, you know, I try and watch pitchers and look at their stats every day. It's extremely time consuming and not everyone can do it, which is totally reasonable, which is why I tried to make that like little streaming formula, um, which I don't know if it's, good year to year yet. I have to see as the years go on. Um, but besides that, I mean, you got to look at the opponent, you know, um, you gotta, obviously you want a pitcher who's home. They're always better at home. I mean, unless they're pitcher (laughs) cores. Um, and you know, I like to look at the opponents WRC plus in the last seven and 14 days. Um, also against lefties, righties, you know, the swing strike percentage, the K percentage, the walk percentage, um, And then kind of like what I said, if the the pitchers K walk percentage is going up and their string strike percentage is going up, that means they're heating up. And, you know, so you want you want a pitcher who's almost heating up and doing some, you know, key changes where like they might go on a run. And then you also want an opponent who's basically going cold and, um, you know, with underlying metrics, just their offense just isn't good recently. And that just kind of makes for a good streaming pick, basically.
0: Okay. Yeah. I feel like the biggest one this past year was probably Lucas Giolito. I know he started the season off. Not many, I think he was only like 30% owned in Yahoo leagues. Not many people were expecting that mm-hmm. kind of a breakout. And then Shelly rolls out that article on Pitcher List and a couple people started buying in, but it was kind of pick him up for a start. And then he had a couple rough starts in there. And then he just goes on this hot streak. Mm-hmm. Is he probably your guy in the past year? Is he probably your biggest guy that? did become one of the street went from streamer to believer.
2: Yeah. I mean, he certainly was um, the other guy who was not nearly owned and had a great year last year. was Lance Lynn. I Mm. actually streamed him a lot in the first month and then he just exploded. Um, So he's another one. And then also, I mean, he ended up faltering at the end, but as we discussed, you said earlier, Matt Boyd, um, he was streamable for a while and he had that great first half, same as Caleb Smith. So, um, you know, those four were really good. Um, you know, but I mean, in terms of velocity, yeah, I mean, G-Lito was the guy for that. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's really important to look at velocity. Uh, you know, I've, I've put in my kit and I've tweeted a couple of times and put in some articles, you know, like, like Merrill Kelly at the end of last year, he upped his velocity mm-hmm. and I streamed him the entire end of the year and he was, he was throwing great. I think he you know, the past couple of months, he put like a mid three year a, and that's just stuff you got to catch or like Alcantara. Um, you know, he went to that power sinker more and just started throwing it like crazy, which, and it's a great pitch. And if you caught that, you got to ride, you know, his hot streak at the end too. So it's just a matter of catching that stuff. Um, combined with, obviously you want to look at opponents too, you know? I mean, even if, you know, if Alcantara's throwing that power singer and looking great, if he's facing the Yankees, you're still going to be hesitant. Um, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome. That's that's great stuff there. Love me some Lance Lynn this year. He Went from a streamer last oh, year to uh, opening day starter to SP1 yeah. option for fantasy team. His
2: fastballs are crazy. And you know what's crazy about him? He was gaining velocity at the end of the year still, too.
1: Yeah. He's nuts! He a fantastic, here he made some, yeah. some big changes, and it's definitely paid off. And I know Mike has a very soft spot for Lance Lynn, based on that tweet that you put out last <laughs> year that just blew yeah. up into fantasy baseball Twitterverse. Yes, what was what was that analytical stat that you tweeted out? It was so, so he
2: threw his curveball and cutter, I think, around oh around eight hundred times, and he didn't let up a single barrel. Jeez, which oh. is nuts. I like. Some pitch, I mean, not even barely any pitchers had, you know, one pitch who did that. He had two.
0: And he gets so into the game. I don't know if you guys saw that stream with the Rangers having their simulated game. That, yeah. it, it, it's like he struck out the Yankees, <laughs> struck on the yeah. side in game seven of the World
2: Series. <laughs> yeah, he's he's nuts. I mean, I, some people are a little worried because he just he basically only th- is throwing fast pulls at this point, um, but he just locates it so well. So it's not worrying me too much. He's ready for some baseball, as
1: are we. Anything else, Brent? Before we get into some rapid fire tonight, oh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to these rapid fires. Oh, I know you got some juicy ones. We got some good <laughs> ones tonight, folks. We got some good ones. Um, so usually we do rapid fire. It's usually not so rapid, but I feel like you might be able yeah. to do some rapid here. So all right, we'll see. Let's see what we can do. So for those that don't know, Mike, aka SP Streamer, is a Mets fan. I want to get a few Mets questions out of the way here. Who was your your favorite Mets player growing up? It doesn't have to be one, you can give me a few, but I'm curious who some of your favorites
2: were. I mean, obviously it was David Wright. It's a good one. Yeah, he uh I mean, you know, he was obviously um back in uh what are the years like oh seven ish, that area. You know, he was he was pretty huge. Um obviously Johan Santana as well. I love both of them. I, you- I went to David Wright's uh retirement game. That was crazy. I as soon as he announced that date, I bought the tickets instantly, and I've never seen the stadium so packed in my life. You like, you literally couldn't even park at the state. Like, I had to park at a field I don't even know, and had to bus in. I've never had to do that ever at a Mets game, and uh, it was crazy. It was it was awesome. That was like one of the best experiences. That was an emotional night. Like that was like a piece of our childhood. Like closed. Yeah. Like forever. And it was. Yeah, I was. I, i'm still like upset about it i really wish he got a hit <laughs> um, who was but, it?
1: it was uh the first base i think yeah it was like it peter, caught the peter foul o'brien behind. yeah yeah
2: <laughs> everyone was and when he caught that everyone in the stadium booed him like crazy and then he got up to bat and we booed him like crazy again <laughs> yeah. Dude,
1: so i was i was in miami i was living in miami during that game and um when you're in Miami, I guess I had the MLB TV. Uh, when they're playing the Marlins, the Mets broadcast is blocked out is blacked out mm. on MLB TV. So I'm not going to listen to a Mets game and not have it be uh, Gary, Keith, and Ron. So I was trying to find all these ways. I managed to stream it online, stream the audio, and I had it on the Marlins nice. TV channel, but yeah, uh, it just, uh, it was a nostalgic game. It was, uh, it was tough yeah. to see him go, but, but yeah, David, you can't go, go, can't go wrong there. Were you, were you a Piazza fan or was that a little bit before your, yeah, return?
2: no, I, I definitely was. Um, it was, yeah, it was like more toward, I mean, we were more towards the end, um, for yeah. him, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, how could you not love Piazza, especially with the, um, I watched that, uh, nine eleven game, which was amazing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they actually just
1: announced that next year, the 20th anniversary, the Mets and Yankees are going to be playing on September 11th. And I think that's oh, wow. amazing. That's and awesome. I tweeted out that I would love to see Mike Piazza throw out the first pitch for that game. I just think yeah. that would be the
2: perfect, perfect thing would, to do.
1: That would be really cool. Is there a, uh, a Mets moment that stands out for you?
2: Yeah, so... Um... Funny enough, I mean, it, it it didn't end well, but that Andy Chavez catch, yep. for some reason, that was just like when he did that, I was <laughs> I was like beside myself, <laughs> and uh, it's funny. I had a friend who was at that game, and he was like, he was uh, he was telling me he's like I literally he literally thought that Chase Dayan was just gonna fall and like collapse. That's like how crazy everybody was going when he made that catch. Um, so I mean, I. For some reason, that play just resonates with me so much. And uh, I, I would have to pick that, you know, as great as, um, you know, as it was when they went to the World Series recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty good moment.
1: Um, all right. We're going to we're going to shift from some baseball stuff. We're going to just talk about some random stuff now. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> I was doing some research on you here uh, over the past year. Oh I, I've I've seen I've seen tweets. I'm um, I'm very active on on reading tweets, not really putting out tweets myself. And there's just some random stuff, man, that you are just not a fan of. And I'm going to give some examples here. <laughs> and I I, ju- I just want to know what it is that you just don't like about uh, things such as as pickles. Pick- pickles and pancakes and mashed potatoes and carbonation I just want to know what it is that you don't like about these things
2: So <laughs> there's some backstories to these <laughs> Um well I'm like really weird with texture so I mean that's where like the mashed potatoes comes in and the pickles just disgust me with the taste I mean and, and not even that the smell I can't stand the smell of pickles Um and they, they just overpower everything. So like when I get a sandwich and like pickle juice touches the sandwich, I get really angry. Um, but with pancakes, I used to love them as a kid. And, but then I, I is one of those things where I had them one day and I must've been sick and I like got violently ill from it. Mm. And like the, I don't know if it was the pancakes or just happened to be the day I ate it. So like, I'm like scarred from it, so I just won't even go near them. Um, and then carbonation, I I, I just hated it ever since I was a little kid. I can't even explain it. I just hate the way it feels. So <laughs> do you, do you, do you drink beer at all or no? So I do not drink beer. Okay, strictly rye bourbon. And <laughs> that Yet you're the
1: co-host of a show that has beer in the name. <laughs> but notice that I never drink beer. I'm the one who yeah. drinks the bourbon. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Brent?
0: With the carbonation, though, like, when I was a kid, I drank a decent amount of soda. But when you get older, and if you don't drink it that much, and you're not used to it, and you have, like, something with carbonate, you get a stomachache, like, really quick. Yeah. Like, you have one pop, and you're, you're like, oh, man, I feel like crap.
2: Yeah, I just, I don't know what it was. I just, what it is, I just can't stand the... F- the the feel it gives you as you swallow it (laughs) yeah on that note let's let's put it
1: (laughs) as dirty as that
2: sounds
1: (laughs) so there's a few things that we just said that you didn't like is there just five random things or it doesn't have to be five just is there any random things out there that you're just like a big fan of you seem like a big star wars guy you're a big golfer is there any other like random things that you're a fan of things that you like to do
2: uh i like comics I read comics. Um, That's really it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you're Um, not that excited. (laughs) No, I'm really not. I I actually had something in my mind, and then I I just, like, slipped out. Now I can't even think of what it was. But, yeah, I mean, mean, when it comes to, like, normal day stuff, yeah. I mean, I play video games like everyone typically does. But, uh, yeah, I I like comics. Um, Yeah, I mean, into baseball, obviously.
1: (laughs) Do you play MLB uh,
2: The Show? I do not, no wow yeah i know i like baffles everybody but uh i'm more into like computer games fair enough good answer um
1: you are a big golfer i think right yeah
2: i were. i love golf i was like big into it in high school and somewhat college i haven't been as much just because in new york it's like extra and a very expensive sport to play in new york and you know buying a house and all the you know getting married a couple of years ago all these things it's like i can't afford to go out every single week and spend a hundred dollars to play golf so yeah have you uh you're you're
1: up in long island over there have you played mm-hmm. uh you played beth page
2: yes i have played beth page uh actually in high school i played it too um for before we went to like counties we got to play on it which was cool nice it's one of my favorite courses love playing that one Curious to know
1: what some of your go-to baseball podcasts are other than SP Streamer Podcast and other than Exit Velocity and other than Bases Loaded cuz you were a long-lost co-host of Bases Loaded. <laughs> I, I'm I'm curious what other uh, baseball podcasts you are into. Um yes,
2: yeah, so I mainly listen to obviously I love Rates and Barrels, You're your list, big Edo ob- Guy yes uh pitcher list obviously i do like um roto ranks now that they just started up kind of and um i'm missing one I'm trying to think it's like a hold on let me look at my phone quickly <laughs> take your time oh my god open bar i really like those guys ah. they're they're super entertaining um but yeah, I mean, those are those are the main ones. I, you know, I, I obviously from time to time, it's hard because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. And especially now, it's just more and more are coming out. And it's like, how do you separate yourself? Um, or or as a person, how do you listen to all these? Even though I listen to them on one and a half speed, it's still, you know, not enough. Um, but yeah, I listen to Bath Foot Crazy, Bench with Bubba. You know, I like those two. Um, so so I listen to a lot. But I mean, if like mainly the, the only one I really listen to like religiously is Rates and barrels. Honestly, mm-hmm.
1: I listen to every episode. All good ones. Um, obviously you've been on your your share of podcasts as well. Is there is there a guest that you've had on that you were just kind of blown away and you were, I wouldn't say starstruck, but you were maybe a little smitten by?
2: I wouldn't say smitten by. Um, I was most nervous for when we did a podcast with. Uh, it was on base though, which with Paul Sporer, mm-hmm. um. I actually have him coming on next week, too, for SB Streamer. Oh boy. Nice. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, I was most nervous for him. Um, but the person who blew me away the most was who I loved podcasting the most was actually recently was Chris Welsh. He was awesome to podcast with. He was really cool. Um, you know, super smooth, talkative, knows his stuff. And uh, Ryan Bloomfield, too. He was yeah. awesome, too. Those That's two like ahead. those two really, you know, not that I obviously knew they were great, you know, really smart analysts coming on. But they like kind of blew me away with, you know, how I guess how well I kind of like gelled with them and how they like really made the podcast great. I guess. Yeah. episode. it
0: really so. is crazy, though, when you do like get a guest on and just like that, you flow. Yeah. And then others, it's like, oh, man, it's like, what do we got to do here to get this to work better? But some like we had that Blevins on Jerry Blevins. He just flowed in, in our show like we've had him on every other episode. He'd be asking us questions. And I was just like, mm-hmm. wow, this is incredible.
2: Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to gel. Like I feel see see me and my my co-host, Doug, um, we kind of I feel like we're more short answered and like to the point. And when we get a guest who's a little more long winded, it works out like really well for us mm. because we both, we just kind of mesh um, well because, you know, they almost, I mean, as they should anyway as a guest, because you want to highlight the guest as much as possible. But mm-hmm. I feel like they just kind of take over the conversation, which is, you know, is good for me and my co host. It, it mm-hmm. just makes it flow better. Whereas if we're trying to drag something out of a person, it's a little tougher on us. Yeah. I love the two names that you threw out there with uh, with Bloomfield, with his
1: smooth Matthew McConaughey voice. And then (laughs) and then Welsh, that tweet that you put out the other day was a very interesting tweet. Yeah, a lot of traction in the community.
2: I uh, I don't I honestly can't remember if I'm pretty confident he actually didn't say it on the show. I think he said he did, but I I think he didn't. I think it was afterwards Mm -hmm. we were just kind of talking and, um, you know, he brought up that point. It's always kind of been in my head too. Like, um, Oh, he asked me about the draft kit and he was like, you know, he said when he started doing stuff, he didn't really know where he stood um, when -hmm. it came to people paying for his material. And obviously they're both him and, you know, Bogman are very successful. um, and he was just like, it's weird because you don't know where you stand. Like, you don't know how other, you know, not not that you, when I posted, that, a lot of people were like, don't worry about what other people think. It's not that. It's yeah. just mm-hmm. more like you wonder where you're, you know, it's almost like you wonder if people really, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's like it's your hard rankings. To put. I don't want people to think that um, I only care about what people think. But like everyone sometimes thinks about that. Like, I wonder if people like really are into my stuff or like if other analysts like, respect you and like if you're just overall respected in the community like or where you stand or how big you I guess are considered and stuff like that so um you know he brought it up and I thought it was interesting and like it just sat in my head for a couple weeks and uh so I tweeted about it because it was something that I've you know I don't dwell over but like once in a blue moon I think it like you know like does anyone even care like (laughs) you know or, or like am I you know I don't know, or sometimes you kind of wonder like, um, am I going in the right direction? You know, or am what am I doing it what I'm doing, is it, you know, making um a difference for people so like you know i feel like everyone just kind of thinks that so i thought it was really interesting you brought it up figured i'd bring it up to the twitter community and people started commenting so it was, it was interesting
1: yeah i thought it was definitely a valid question and um yeah I, I i don't think uh i didn't take it like the way that you said like you're looking for um validation or whatever right um but yeah it's nice to get some feedback once in a while about the content that you're putting out i mean we're all putting in tons of time, uh, whether it be podcasts or writing, and it would be nice to, to just kind of get some feedback from people. So I definitely, I, I appreciated what you put out there. The other yeah.
2: Time. And knowing that, I think the best thing that came from this, a couple of people and for myself, especially like I read people's articles and other analysts do too. And sometimes I just like it or I read it and I'll be like, Oh, that's great. And I won't say anything. Yeah. Whereas like, I think it, would really go a long way if we kind of respond to each other's work a little more. And yep. this way we know, like, you know, like uh, where I'm going with my work and the direction I'm in is the right way. Um, so it kind of helps you almost be a better analyst too. So I've been trying to purposely anytime now I read something, I like comment at least, you know, even if it's just saying like, Hey, this was great. Like it could yeah. go a long way for someone and it can mean a lot to them too. Yep. Completely agree. Well said. Um, Two more quick questions for
1: you here. So obviously you are the co-host with Curland for Beer, Bourbon, and Baseball. You do not drink the beer. You drink the bourbon. I want to know what your favorite bourbon
2: is. Um, Bourbon or like uh, any kind of like liquor? (laughs) How about a bourbon and a liquor? All right. Um, Favorite bourbon is the... um, Oh Jesus Christ! Hold on, hold on. Thank you. All right, it's the Bland's. Thank you. Um, I like couldn't think of the name. Bland's Bourbon. Every so when I started, uh, when I started posting stuff, everyone was telling me to try this, and it was a little hard for me to find where I live for some reason. Finally found it in like a random liquor store. It's actually down the block for me that I've never tried. Um, amazing, best bourbon I ever had. Bland's great. It's expensive though. It's like a hundred ish dollars depending. Um. It's, uh, I, I drank half the bottle real quick and I was like, I need to put this away and just save it for special occasions. <laughs> um, as for rye, it's funny. So, um, one of my favorites is angels envy rye, which is very expensive as well. That's about 90 bucks too. Um, I just like it cause the, um, the, you know, the finish or the aftertaste, uh, it's like spicy. It's really different and really cool. Um, but I have to say my favorite is the basil Hayden's dark rye. It's it's only like 40 bucks which is great. Um I don't know what it is the taste just it it tastes so good to me. <laughs> and it's a really like nice like darker amber color. It just I love everything about it.
0: Nice. Do you I drink any rums? I
2: kidding? am not a rum drinker now.
0: Okay, so you probably have you ever had Sailor Jerry? Nah.
2: No. I, no. I I it's mainly I mainly just drink bourbon rind scotch.
1: Okay. is like a that's like a spice rum, right?
0: Yeah, it's what I, I found it in Florida when I used to live down there and I drank, oh God, that stuff's so good. You mix it with ginger ale and put a lime in there and you don't even, before you know it, it's boom. I mean, you could, you could black
1: out quick because
2: it's, it's what, a high What potent. color is it? Yeah, yeah dark it's like brown. A brown. It's uh, very it's similar around. to
1: Captain okay. Morgan.
2: Okay. Because someone recently, I, I went upstate recently and uh, someone came up and he was, he had a, uh, I want to say it was like blue though. Maybe just the bottle was blue. I don't know, but it was, hypnotic. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't that, <laughs> I don't know. It was like a, it was, it had like a ginger flavor to it and he added ginger too. And it was actually interesting. It was pretty good. Uh, it was like the first one I really ever had, but what is your I, drink of choice, Brent? Your uh, of choice.
0: Sailor Jerry. Like that I, is it. Uh-huh. Yep. Or this new, if I do like vodka or something, this new Amsterdam vodka, it's like real reasonably priced and it tastes pretty good and it's smooth. Mm. But else beer too. I like craft beers as well. In Minnesota, that's, that was pretty much what I drank when I was up there. It was all craft beers. Nice. Yeah. I'm
1: never drinking again. So don't ask <laughs> me. after July 4th, never oh, happening again.
2: Please man. All weekend. I was just forget about it. <laughs> and I was so, well, eating well, my life away too. We'll talk more off the air about what happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I got one, I got one more question for you, and I think this is a great way to end the evening. Um, this is a a Mike Curland approved question. Oh God! Mike Curland's our guy. I want to know what your favorite and least favorite thing about Mike
2: Curland is. Oh, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. All right. For least favorite, can I say everything? No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, least favorite. <sighs> His his mind wanders. (laughs) 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 No, you know what it is? No, he's great. Um, you know what it is is he the my favorite thing about him is he's obviously extremely passionate about this stuff and he just wants to be successful in it and like make a name for himself, which is awesome, which is what we're all trying to do essentially. Um but sometimes he um tries to do it too quickly, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. full go and hundred percent on everything. Um but you know what? I mean, again, uh, I mean, we do this this uh, podcast together, the the live show, and uh, it's it's perfect for us together because he's full go, where I'm like, no, nah, let's take it slow. So we like, and you I'm like too well hesitant. Together. I'm too hesitant on stuff. So he pushes me a little bit while I draw him back a little bit. So it's like kind of perfectly offsetting each other. It's a match made in heaven so um yeah i guess um but yeah so i mean i mean again i yeah it's it's hard to say anything bad about that kid he means nothing but the best so mm-hmm. yeah we love him
1: i love to hate him but i love exactly
2: him. exactly
1: and if you're listening to mike i still hate you <laughs> mike thank you for uh for joining us tonight that's all that we've got for you where can everybody find you on uh, on twitter and social media
2: uh, yeah, so on Twitter, you find me at spstreamer website spstreamer.com podcast, spstreamer podcast. Uh, just S- type in spstreamer and you'll find me.
1: <laughs> oh, it flows very well. Um, all right, well, thank you for joining us. And, um, for everybody listening out there, we also have a giveaway going on. The giveaway is going to expire, um, at Friday night at eight o'clock. We're giving away a, a Jordan Yamamoto autographed baseball cards so be sure to uh check our twitter the exit pc twitter and uh, get your entries in and brent do you have anything else for us tonight no just appreciate you coming on and keep up the good
0: work mike
2: yeah thanks for having me guys this was awesome